Hello, and welcome back to My Life with Christ. Today, I want to talk about this idea that a lot of people have that God is not interested in me. And this is something that a lot of Christians believe, unfortunately, too. This idea that God doesn't really care what I do. So you know what? It doesn't really matter if I sin or if I don't sin, if I go to church, I don't go to church. You know, if I leave my old life behind or if I kind of rid myself of sin attachments and material attachments, It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things because realistically, how could God love me if there are 8 billion people on this planet, there have been countless people who have pre-existed me and there'll be countless people after me. How could God possibly not just love me? How could he possibly even care about what I do? That can't be a thing, right? Well, On the contrary, the church teaches something so wildly different and the Bible proclaims something so wildly different. And where this is so evident, where we can see it, is in the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15, 1 through 7. And I'm going to read it and I really do invite you to read it on your own to get the most out of it. But this, contrary to what people believe, is found right here. We talked about this before of how our own kind of idea of God can warped how we believe in him seeing him as a dictator seeing him as someone who doesn't have any interest in us is going to lead us to act as if he doesn't have any interest in us leading us to act like doesn't really matter what we do doesn't matter if i live in sin or not because god doesn't care about me but here in the parable of the lost sheep we can see a little different so he starts it out by we see this in the in the parable right now. So it's right before the parable. He likes to give us a little context first. So now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathered around G- Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and go home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let's look at this for a second. Because there's a lot of language, a lot of people that just are, who are these people and why are they in here? Why are they important? You know, why does he use... The kind of analogy of a shepherd. And a lot of things in the Bible, it is hard to understand in modern times because we don't just have farmers constantly around us. You know, we don't know of a shepherd, a lot of us. We have to understand this important role of a shepherd. It's something that the Jews at the time would have understood. We have to understand is a shepherd of that time isn't just someone who, you know, kind of takes care of sheep and then, you know, goes somewhere else and does another thing and, you know, kind of cares about them, but it doesn't really matter what happens to them because it's, it's just a job. It's just a profession, you know. You can get more sheep. We have to understand is that shepherds at this time, that wasn't just a job. That was a lifestyle. The, every morning when they woke up, they were with their sheep. And until the moment that they went to bed, they would migrate with them, travel with them, you know, eat and sleep basically in close quarters with them. So that's what we have to understand is that shepherds didn't just know their sheep and like a, oh yeah those are my sheep he knew them on like a personal level 
as well as you can understand a sheep and know a sheep because they, they don't speak English. But if you know what I'm trying to get at here is that they spent a lot of time with them. Those were his sheep. He could distinguish between his flock of sheep and somebody else's. So he understood that if one went missing, it was his responsibility to trust that the other ones would be okay and find that sheep because he cared about that sheep deeply. It was part of his life, his livelihood, not just as like to make money, but it's his lifestyle, right? So it's understanding that, okay, so a shepherd isn't just someone who is around sheep sometimes and, you know, on the weekends goes home. No, someone who constantly every day is around these set of sheep, these hundred sheep, and knows each and every one of them and can tell when another one has come in and one has left. So personal and deeply understanding of this group of sheep. So the people of the time, they understood this. They kind of understood what Jesus was alluding to. But what he claims here is that that is how God feels about us. This idea that he is our shepherd. And that's where that kind of term, the good shepherd or the shepherd of Jesus comes from, is this right here. That just like a, sh- a shepherd in those days knew every single one of their sheep, so does Jesus. And this idea that not only does he know us, not only does he know that we're in this communal area, not only does he know where we are, that he so deeply cares about us that he would leave the 99 to go and find us. That's a lot to take in, right? Jesus doesn't just stop there. He keeps going. And he says, I tell you the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner, one person, than over 99 righteous persons. One person. This this imagery that in heaven, all the angels and saints and everyone rejoicing over you, me, one person. Every time we go back to God, every time we repent, we confess our sins, God is happy. This idea is so mind-boggling for a lot of us to understand that how is it possible that God can do that? That God can love me so individually that when I stray, he comes looking for me. And that when I come back, he is proud. He is happy. He is overjoyed. How? What I want to introduce right now is this widely accepted church teaching that many Christians have and many Christians understand is this idea that God never leaves his creation. This is super important to understand. We're going to be revisiting this a lot. lot. This idea that whatever God has created, he does not abandon. And this is something so true that we can even see in sacred scripture, right? We know that God created the Bible. He helped inspire, right? The third person of the Trinity helped inspire the words. Those are God's words, right? Human beings written them, but really the author is the Holy Spirit. So therefore, God is present 
in the Bible. It is living. It is active. And it has the power to change lives. Why? Because God is in there. Because God never leaves his creation. We hear about it all the time with Christian people who understand the importance of nature, right? You know, go out, connect with nature, find God, you know, really connect with what God has created because he's present there. That That's true. Why? Because God does not abandon what he has created. Now, let's turn something else he has created that sometimes people forget. God created man. God created me. He created my individual soul. He created you and your individual soul. So therefore, he has not left what he has created. So he has not left you. This is something that's so hard and so distant from a lot of people to understand that. Yes, it's hard to reach God. Yes, it's difficult with all of our sin attachments and our materials, but he's not somewhere far away. He's not off into the distance, out into the universe. He's right here with you constantly. Not only is he out in the creation of nature, not is he just in sacred scripture, he's inside of you because he created you. And so not only does he dwell among you, not only is he present with you, but he cares about you. He is your shepherd. He knows you. He understands you. He watches you. He he knows when you go missing. He sees you stray. But because of our free will, because of the fact that we have a choice in in what happens in our relationship with Christ... It is on us to acknowledge his presence and to invite him in to our hearts. God does not abandon what he has created. He is the good shepherd and we are the sheep. We are all a part of his flock. And God so tirelessly goes out and seeks us. He follows us. He chases us. He wants us. He knows what we are going through. Not because he's God and he knows everything, but because he's with us. Because he's living it with us. He's suffering with us. Every sin attachment, every mental illness, every material attachment, every physical illness, everything that we go through and that we face, God is with us. God cares about us. And at any point, He wants us back. He wants us to embrace him because he has never left us. We as human beings have free will. We have choice. We have say in the matter of what goes on in our lives. Even when we feel hopeless and we feel defenseless, we have a choice of what we want to do. And the biggest choice that any human being can make is if we want to accept God into our hearts. Not that we have to go looking for him. We have to go on some spiritual journey that we literally have to open up our hearts and say, God, I want you because he has never abandoned us, nor will he ever. God does not leave his creation like a shepherd with his sheep. He is constantly with us.
from the morning to the night and even throughout the night beyond the role of a shepherd. He is our God and he is ever present. God knows what we are going through and they are not insignificant to him. Every single thing that we struggle with matters to God. He cares about what we are going through and he wants us to give it to him. He wants to be in our hearts. He wants a two-way relationship. He wants to love us. We have to stop believing that God is some distant God, that God doesn't care about us, that we can be easily replaced because we can't, not in God's eyes. No other sheep can take our place. He will leave the 100 to find the 99. He wants you, individually you, He created you. He will not leave you. He so desperately wants a relationship with you. Allow God in. Give him what you are struggling with. And understand that you have the opportunity to be in a relationship with your creator. Someone who will love you better than anyone else could ever love you. Accept that. Embrace it. And enjoy eternity with the truest form of love. I hope you have an amazing week and remember, go out, embrace God and go and give that love to other people. God bless.